So we're talking impeachment and transcripts and all of this stuff, and it it's made my heart a little sad today. But probably not for the same reason you're sad if you're on the right, and probably not for the same reason you're sad if you're on the left. And I'm certainly not happy like either one of the sides. Let's talk about that on today's edition of the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast, the WTH version, Week That Happened. All right, everybody, glad you're with me on the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I'm Paul Swearingen. I am the Nonpartisan Evangelical. Funny thing about this is I get from people a lot, you're not nonpartisan, you said something bad about the president. No, holding somebody accountable doesn't make you partisan. Just when you're partisan, you think it makes somebody partisan. When you're so far to one side or the other, where somebody just making a comment makes them partisan, that's when you know you're partisan. So nonpartisan evangelical, I, I like to look at these things from a lot of different sides. And today I'm thinking about impeachment and Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House yesterday, uh, saying they're now going to do an official impeachment inquiry and we're kind of figuring out what that looks like. And so let's hear what Speaker Pelosi had to say yesterday in making the announcement that impeachment is on. The facts are these. The intelligence community inspector general, who was appointed by President Trump, determined that the complaint is both of urgent concern and credible. And its disclosure, he went on to say, relates to one of the most significant and important of the director of national intelligence's responsibility to the American people. On Thursday, the Inspector General testified before the House Intelligence Committee stating that the acting director of national intelligence blocked him from disclosing the whistleblower complaint. This is a violation of law. The law is unequivocal. So that was uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at something online here and... The inspector general they're talking about there is with the Department of Defense. He's a guy named Michael Atkinson. So a whistleblower came to him, apparently, and said, hey, the president did something that makes me uncomfortable. I'm referring this. And then Michael Atkinson. And this is an important name to know, a guy that nobody knows. Uh, He said that it had uh, real concern and a real urgency to it. So uh, a whistleblower claim goes to this guy. He's a Trump appointee known to be really a nonpartisan guy. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk about him being partisan. And certainly the Republicans are going to paint the whistleblower as partisan. But just know from everything I read about Michael Adkinson, who forwarded this complaint and says it does come to the level of of concern, as as Speaker Pelosi just said, to forward this. And then it sounds like the White House and and, uh, its sort of inspectors then decided not to pass that on to Congress. And that's where this fight began and where we are today. Now, I want to say something about yesterday and where my perspective is. And again, I'm going to have people on the left who want me to say, Trump's a crook. Let's go get him. Yay. This is a great day. We're going after him. And then uh, my friends on the other side who 
are, are going to say they, they just want to paint me as, as anti-Trump. What I am here today is, to, in all honesty, I, I'm a person who believes the president is a pretty amoral guy. I'm not saying immoral. I'm saying amoral. I, I don't think he has morals. I think he's a, a guy that uh, pretty much just lives life to how do I get my best fulfillment today? And the danger in that then is he has a base, particularly the evangelical base that I'm talking to you guys out there, who never hold him accountable for anything. And, and and I would agree with you that in this partisan world, the other side's trying to get him for everything, but he's not being held accountable by his base or by his party. And he certainly, if he's ever held accountable by anybody that works for him, he fires them immediately. So there's nobody holding a guy that doesn't have a ton of morals. And we can argue about that, but I think it's pretty clear Donald Trump was kind of pro this side on one day and pro this side on another day. He kind of goes with where his best route to success is. And when you have a guy like that who's not held accountable, then is it so hard for us to believe that he wouldn't go to a country like Ukraine that really needs the United States for its safety and sovereignty is it so hard to believe that Donald Trump would say, hey, I'm not saying you're not going to get your aid if you don't help what I want to do because I want you to go after my number one political rival. But I want you to go after my political rival. And the Ukraine doesn't hear that as you don't get our help quite as much or I'm not as enthused to help you if I don't get what I want from you. Now, I, I read the transcript today, and yes, here's what Fox News is saying today. There was no quid pro quo. There was nothing that Donald Trump said is, I'm withholding your aid, and you don't get it unless you do what I ask you to do, which what I want you to do is investigate my number one political rival. The number one threat to me winning the election, I want you to investigate him. Now, I, I'm going to talk more about where I'm really at on this, because I'm not where you may think I am, but I'm just talking about uh, what, what's kind of coming to mind as I talk this through. What I want to ask you as you listen, um, if you're a, 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 a full supporter of the president or you're a non-supporter of the president, think about where you would be if you were on the other side of this. Because one of the things that made me made my heart sad yesterday as I heard we were in an impeachment moment where the speaker was going to do what she did. And I think she had to do what she did, and probably is right to say, hey, let's start the inquiry. Now, remember, an impeachment inquiry doesn't mean the president's going to be found guilty. It's an inquiry. And if the House of Representatives does find him guilty and impeaches him, that doesn't mean he's taken out of office. And I think a lot of people don't understand this. Impeachment doesn't mean you're kicked out of office. Impeachment means that you've been convicted of a crime, high crime and misdemeanor is how it's put in the Constitution, by the House of Representatives. And then that goes to the Senate. And the Senate then is the, is the body that decides if the president should be removed from office or not. And we're all, we all pretty much know at this point, no matter what happens in the House, the Senate will not remove the president from office. We've had two presidents who've been impeached before in the history of the United States. And no, Richard Nixon is not one of them. Richard Nixon resigned because he didn't want to face impeachment when his own party was telling him, we're not going to back you in this. I mean, that's the key. Whatever the Democrats do means nothing to President Trump. In fact, he's excited and fundraising today because he knows he can get his base aroused today by this impeachment thing, and he's out asking for money off of it. What will stop 
a president from doing that sort of thing is when their own party starts to say, hey, wait a second. You're killing the party and you're hurting the country and you need to stop. And so until the Republicans are willing to do that, and we all know they're neutered and totally afraid and know they can't win an election if they don't completely full-throatedly back the president because he has a base that will not hold him accountable for anything. Not, not that they won't. I'm not against them holding him accountable for everything. I'm saying they won't hold him accountable for anything. All I ever hear from the, the really big Trump followers is, I wish he wouldn't tweet, but the economy's good. And that's why I put a meme up the other day. Like, I don't think Jesus ever said, hey, Pharisees, I don't like what you're doing. But as long as the economy's good and the capital of Israel is in Jerusalem, it's all okay. He never said that in the Bible. But on the other side of this thing, if you're looking at this, think back, if, you, if you're maybe a, a little more left-leaning in your politics, I think back to December 19, 1998. You know what happened that day? Bill Clinton was impeached. And I remember watching that vote in the House take place, and I remember when we hit the number where, yes, Bill Clinton is now impeached. And by the way, Bill Clinton and Andrew Johnson uh, Andrew Johnson, who was the vice president of Abraham Lincoln, who became president when Lincoln was assassinated. He was the other one impeached. Bill Clinton, Andrew Johnson. Go win a, a trivia bet with that. They're the two presidents who have been impeached in our history, and neither was removed from office by the Senate. But I remember, and I, and I wanted Bill Clinton to be impeached, even though I knew the Ken Starr investigation had been started to investigate a land deal and had ended up catching the president lying under oath about having sex with an intern. And there's a long, windy road to get there, and you really have to want to get the president to get there. And the Republicans really, really did. But I was for him being impeached because I believe a leader of any organization, if you're having sex with an intern in your office, you're, you're going to get fired. I think the CEO of almost every company in America, if they were caught uh, having sex with an intern in their office, and particularly if they then lied about it during the investigation of it, would be fired. And so that's why I wanted Bill Clinton to be impeached. There was just, he lied under oath, which was an obstruction of justice. But in the end, a leader of an organization can't be having sex with an intern in the office and lying about it and think that everything's going to be okay. So if you're on the left wing of this thing, think about where you were on December 19th, 1998. And even though I wanted Bill Clinton to be impeached, it, it made me sad for America that we were at that moment. And the thing that really bothered me that day, December 19th, 1998, the day Bill Clinton was impeached, is I wanted the president and his people to be hurting for America as much as I was that day. And you know what Bill Clinton did? He had a press conference in the Rose Garden and had a celebration for his impeachment. It was, I thought it was way out of line, and a lot of Democratic leaders were there with him that day, and I thought, my God, I'm in pain for the country, and the leader of the country is not in pain, and he's the one in the end who played the major role in causing all of this crap in the first place. I was hurting for the country, and yesterday, yes, I think Nancy Pelosi, our Speaker of the House, did what she had to do. Still, I was hurting for the country because I'm like, oh, this is going to be ugly. This is going to divide us even more. I was hurting for the country. And the one hope I would have is that the leader of our country would hurt as well. Let's see if President Trump was hurting for the country yesterday.
I think it's ridiculous. It's a witch hunt. Uh, I'm leading in the polls. They have no idea how they stop me. The only way they can try is through impeachment. This has never happened to a president before. There's never been a thing like this before. It's nonsense. And when you see the call, when you see the readout of the call, uh, which I assume you'll see at some point, you'll understand. That call was perfect. It couldn't have been nicer. And even the Ukrainian government put out a statement that that was a perfect call. There was no pressure put on them whatsoever. It doesn't sound like a man who's hurting for the country. It sounds like a man who's trying to find his political mores in the middle of it all. And I think in a lot of ways, he's been hoping for impeachment because he thinks it'll help his reelection opportunity. And when a leader, and we've seen this a lot in Fresno, when a leader is willing to do things to help their politics more than serve their constituents, that's when I think I'm grieved And I think God grieves over that. And, you know, that's sort of where I am today. If if Donald Trump thinks he didn't do anything wrong, I'm I'm okay with him defending himself and doing what he needs to do. But just that sound clip yesterday made me say, I'm hurting for the country more than the leader of the country is hurting, just like I felt with Bill Clinton back on December 19th, 1998. And so let me say this. If you're a Trump follower, I'm going to tell you a way to get a perspective on how you're feeling today. First, let me tell you, if you haven't signed up on my insiders list email list, um, do so. Go to my website, nppodcast.com. You're probably there already because you're listening to the podcast. Um, And sign up on my insiders list. I give you the update of everything that's going on, let you know the content. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to release part two of our, uh, our discussion with Mark Laberton, the president of Fuller Seminary and his discussion on evangelicalism in crisis because of its politics in America today. We'll have that out tomorrow. So go to my website, npepodcast.com, click on that insiders list button. If you do that, I will give you free my ebook called The Making of Joseph. It's an ebook that describes the process of me writing my novel, When Joseph Comes to Town, which has the subtitle of the when the religious right goes religiously wrong. And it's sort of my take on how Jesus would look at the politics in America today where he on earth. It's a novel. It's a fun read. You're going to enjoy it. So check that out. Get on my insiders list. I'll send you the ebook, The Making of Joseph, and it'll tell you how you, it'll give you three free chapters in there and tell you how you can buy the book. Okay, there's my commercial that I have to do in the middle of it. And I'm sorry to do that in the middle of that discussion, but... I got to build the platform and keep growing forward because I want people to hear this message. If you're a big supporter of President Trump, I don't curse you for that at all. But here's the question I would ask you today. If President Obama was on a call with a foreign country from whom the president had withheld aid. Okay, President Obama, take the country. What would be your favorite country? I don't know. Norway. President Obama is holding very important aid, much needed by the country of Norway. And he calls the Norwegian leader, who I don't know who that is, and I probably should, and says, hey, you know what? We give you a lot of aid, and you don't do much for us in exchange for that. We just do it for you. Your neighbors should be taking care of you, not us, but we do it. We've got a lot of money, and I'm holding it right now. Um, and one of my political opponents did something, I think in Norway, I want you to investigate that. 
If you're a Trump follower and you heard President Obama had done that, what would your response be? No, he didn't specifically say, if you do this for me, I'll give you the aid. If you don't do this for me, I won't do the aid. But when the whistleblower report came around, by the way, all of a sudden that aid got released. Coincidental timing, perhaps, and that's certainly what the president's going to proclaim. But I'm asking you to think if President Obama, if this was President Obama on the phone with the Ukrainian president saying, hey, we give you a lot of aid and you don't give us anything in return, which is what President Trump said to, uh, I think it's Zelensky, the, the Ukrainian president. We give you a lot of aid and you don't give us much in return and it's more than we should be giving you. And oh, by the way, my chief political rival I want you to go investigate him and his son. And by the way, I'm going to send my personal attorney and my personally appointed attorney general to help you in that. What would you say if that was President Obama? Would you say, oh, that? I I mean, I think most of you would say, see, I knew he wasn't an American. I knew he wanted to subvert the Constitution. I knew. I think that's what most of you would say if you're really honest. But at very least, I think you would say, oh, that that doesn't sound good at all. And that's really the intellectual honesty I want from people today. At very best, at its very best, this is unseemly. An American president from either party, an independent American president, shouldn't be on the phone with a foreign leader saying, we give you tons of aid, you give us very little in return, and I have a political rival and I want you to investigate him and my attorney's going to help. Nobody can sit and tell me, that's, that's what an American president ought to do right there. Yep, that's good. That's, that's, that's good for the country right there. I mean, it's, it's what a banana republic leader does. I, I want you to find a way to put my political rivals in prison or at least in some political purgatory. Can we just admit that? Can we just admit this is a sad moment in American history? Both sides of you. Can we say it's not a good day for American history? And so what I, what I would encourage and, and what I think about a lot is, okay, if Jesus were here in the flesh today, what would he do? Some of it he may totally have said, you know, I'm not that concerned about it. I'm going to advance the kingdom and that's going to change everything. I'm going to keep connecting people to the love of a really good God in heaven and the best of themselves. And that's going to change way more than any political infighting. But I think if he were here on earth today, he would say, yeah, why don't you uh, investigate that out in an honest and just manner and come forward with a just report? What he would be against is the hypocrisy of one side saying, nothing to see here, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. Let's go get those other guys for investigating. And he would be against the other side saying, yes, maybe this is how we get the president. Can we just be honest with each other and say, wow, things have gotten really bad. And me being on my completely partisan divisive side isn't helping. I'm part of the problem. Either I'm part of the problem making sort of what I would say is a very thin-skinned president even more defensive, 
on one side, or I'm part of the complete lack of accountability in the life of a guy who needs accountability, I believe, as much as any president we've ever had in history. I mean, you can love Donald Trump. You can think he's Cyrus. You can think he's Jesus himself. But you got to admit, he's a little thin-skinned. He does argue some really silly stuff for a president. And he doesn't seem to be constrained by things that have constrained other elected officials in the past. Because I think at the end of the day, what Jesus always hated more than anything, he said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And he pointed to that and he said, it's hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy where you say that you're good and the other side is bad when you are in fact doing the same same thing the other side is doing. I saw Lindsey Graham challenging impeachment from Speaker Pelosi. Let me, let me play something for you from what Lindsey Graham said about the impeachment of Bill Clinton. So the point I'm trying to make is you don't even have to be convicted of a crime to lose your job in this constitutional republic. If this body determines that your conduct as a public official is clearly out of bounds in your role, because impeachment is not about punishment. Impeachment is about cleansing the office. Impeachment is about restoring honor and integrity to the office. That's Lindsey Graham, who is a senator from South Carolina, who today is challenging the decision to do an impeachment inquiry. That was him in 1998 talking about Bill Clinton. It's hypocrisy and the lack of intellectual honesty that that gets me and I think ultimately any Christian should think about is this something that I should be delving into so those are my thoughts today I'm sad for the country I'm sad that this is going to be another thing that I think maybe as much as anything we delve in is going to drive people to their corners and the only antidote I mean our our rivals our enemies the Russians the Iranians the Chinese they know that this division between Americans is the number one thing that has us in crisis as a country today. It's the number one thing that can destroy us as a country. And we let everything drive us more to it. I'm not a big fan of the president. I am being completely honest with that. I think uh, the stuff that the people on my side of the Christian aisle who are saying he's Cyrus and he's God's guy and that, and then that makes him above reproach. Think of King David. What did Nathan the prophet do when he came to David? Did he say, David, you've done something really, really wrong, but it's okay because the economy's good. It's okay because you're God's choice for king. No, he said, King, you have higher responsibility than anybody. And what you did to Uriah to take his wife and have him killed was horrible. And you're going to pay a price for it. He pointed at a king that could have ordered him killed in the moment. And he said, you're not above accountability, King David. And Christians today want to tell President Trump, we won't hold you accountable for anything ever. 
for a man that needs accountability as much as probably anybody that's, I mean, anybody who's president needs accountability. The power of the office and, and the accolades and the things people trying to get from you. I mean, my wife was mayor of a, of a city of 500,000 people and she needed me from time to time. Not to, she was never inclined to do anything illegal, but to, but to be pulled back from the politics of the office, that was sort of my job in it all. And, and I don't think Donald Trump has anybody doing that around him because if they do, he fires them. And he knows that his base is never going to turn against him for anything because all he has to do is move the embassy to Jerusalem or appoint the right Supreme Court justice or do this or do that and the economy be good and Christians are going to say, you're our guy. Well, Prophet Nathan didn't do that. Can we not say Trump follower, Christian Trump believer, conspiracy theory follower? This isn't great. This isn't a great moment in the history of the presidency. Our president saying, we give you a lot of aid. You don't give us much back in return for it. I'm going to send my personal lawyer over there to help you investigate my main political rival. That's not a good day in American history. At least come there with me on this. All right. That is my WTH NPE podcast for this week. That's WTH, the week that happened. I love to hit current events from time to time. Sorry, I'm only hitting one today, but it sort of usurps everything else. It's a sad day in American history. And what makes me most sad is the leaders of our country aren't nearly as sad about it as I am. And it's probably going to drive each of us to one side or the other more than we were before. And I believe actually the Christian church What God would say to us is if we drop the weapons of our partisanship that we've believed in so strongly for 50 years that we're going to change America to be godly by being conservative and being Republican. If we would drop that and say we're going to advance the kingdom and and be amazing servants to our culture instead of uh, its judge from a partisan perspective, we would see things change. That repentance would change everything. And the people that I know that I'm talking to out there, they might listen to us if we did that. Because right now, they don't listen to anything we have to say because they're saying, like Lindsey Graham, you guys are major hypocrites. Sorry for my computer dinging there. All right. That's it. Hey, it's my birthday tomorrow. So send me a birthday wish. And what I want more than anything is for you to sign up on my email list so we can be friends and in community together. The mission of this podcast is... I want to challenge mindsets. I want people to think differently than they've been told to think all their life. I particularly want to give younger generations permission to think differently than the church they've known for years. Uh, Our second part of our mission is to build community. I want to, I want to have time with you. I want to, I want to bring spirituality into lives of people that maybe don't have access to church or access to a church that's kind of giving them opportunity to believe differently. And ultimately then I want to move people to action. I want to say where in a new understanding of what God's doing in the season, can we transform our city, not to make it Christian, but to make it better and to be part of making it better, and to partner with people who aren't even Christian, who say, who maybe don't even believe in God, but to partner with them and say, if you're trying to make Fresno better, I'm partnered with you. Let's go. Let's go. So sign up on my insiders list at npepodcast.com for my birthday. Even better, if you go to our Patreon site and uh, help us financially, that would be awesome. And if you'd let three people know about it today, that would be great too. 
I'm Paul Swearingen, author of Joseph Comes to Town, When the Religious Right Goes Religiously Wrong. You can buy it on Amazon. And I'm the founder and host of this podcast. I'm so pleased that you joined me, listened all the way to the end. That's my music. It tells me it's time to go. Love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>